Good morning, church. Good to see y'all this morning on this Lord's Day. Isn't it good to know that at the name of Jesus, lives are still saved. Amen. That there is no other name given under heaven or upon earth by which men must be saved except the wonderful name of Jesus. And by that name, hell shudders, demons flee. Um, disease is overcome. And lives are healed and made whole. Lives are changed because of the name of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but if I look back and I think about my life, what a difference it makes when you have Jesus in your life. Amen? No comparison. This morning I want to talk to us coming from the book of Psalms. If you got your Bible, I want to ask you to turn with me to Psalm 34. We're going to read right from the pen of David, the great psalmist, writing here. And we're going to read the first three verses. We're going to preach from the first one. And I want to talk to us this morning about a Christian ought to go to church. Amen. And when I say that, um, I don't just mean be the church. Of course, I know the church is not a facility. But the scriptures are clear. The church is gathering together. On a special day, Sunday, the first Sunday of the week, the Lord's Day, the Lord's people are gathered together to be the Lord's church. And I want to talk to us about, yes, gathering together. And as we look today, I want you to see what David cried from his heart, a man after God's own heart. He says in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Anyone who knows Jesus, who's saved by his grace, that ought to be your prayer. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. My soul from within my center being of who I am, I'm going to make a boast in the Lord. And the humble shall hear it and be glad. And then he says in verse 3 though, and oh magnify the Lord with me. It's not enough that we ought to be able to praise the Lord on our own. We want to praise Him every day. But we ought to be able to want people to praise with us. We ought to have a heart to see people gathered together in His name. Look at what David said. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. And I want to talk to us a little while this morning about a Christian ought to go to church. I'm not going to waste your time or bore you with statistics about how many Christians attend and don't attend church in these days in which we live in our time. But I am going to take the Bible, the Holy Word of God, and I'm going to show you a couple of things about why a Christian ought to go to church. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at what David's saying here, and I see it, what David said the Lord has done for him, I can understand why he says, I want to bless the Lord at all times. I want to praise Him continually from my mouth, from my soul, from the core of my being. I want to boast in the Lord. To the point that the humble see it, it makes them glad. And people want to magnify the Lord with me. and They want to exalt His name together. Because look at what he says in verse 4. He says, I sought the Lord and He heard me. Amen. Has the Lord heard you? And He delivered me from all my fears. I don't know about y'all, but before Jesus, I had a lot of fears that has been gone and taken away. Fear of death. Fear of eternity. Fear of being alone. Fear that maybe God wasn't for me, but... I want to tell you something. Jesus changed all that. 
Look at verse 6. The poor man, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. How many of you here would say today the Lord saved you out of some troubles? I would say going to hell without Jesus and missing heaven was a trouble. So anyone who's saved this morning ought to have a desire to think and want to do just what David is saying. That's why I believe every Christian ought to want to go to church. But I want to show you one of the main reasons, the primary reason we ought to go to church is to worship God. I don't know about you, if God has saved you and God is in your life and you know Him, He's good. We talked about that last week. How can you not want to worship Him and praise Him? How can you not want Him to get glory and recognition for what He's been doing in your life and who He is to you? And I believe that if there is a God, He ought to be worshipped. Amen? And I think that we ought to understand that God gave us a day called the Lord's Day. God gave us a, a family, a body of Christ, that is the church. He wants us to gather together. Now friends, listen to this. Even the heathen worship things. They worship the sun, the moon, and all kinds of various images throughout the history of man. But today we can look around. Even the unsaved, the, 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 the heathen are worshiping things like sports and they build stadiums and coliseums to the glory of their gods. And you can say what you want, but when that person doesn't have anything to do with our God and that's what he does with most of his time, and you can look at it, that's a form of worship. But guys, I want you to think about this. They build places and they create traditions of worship to their idols and their false gods, but a Christian ought to worship his God. Listen, it is true, you can worship God anywhere at any time by yourself. But personal worship does not take the place of public worship. And throughout the Bible, we see that God has provided a means, a way, and a place for Him to be worshipped publicly. Listen to this. A Christian ought to worship in the house of God on the Lord's day Gathered together with the Lord's people. Can I get an amen? And I know I'm talking to the people who came here today. But I unashamedly believe that a Christian who is going to be complete, who is going to be all of what God wants him to be, is going to be involved in a regular worship service somewhere with God's people in God's house, gathered together wherever it may be. It may be a building like this. It may be a, a hut. It may be in all kinds of different situations and circumstances, but somewhere today all over this earth on the Lord's day, God has ordained that His people gather together to worship His Son. Amen? And a good Christian ought to be there. But I want you to think about this. God has said this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good works. The King James says, let us Consider one another lest we stir one another toward loves and good work. I don't know about y'all, but I need stirring. I need spurring. Amen. And look at what he says. How do you do that? Well, the first thing, if you're going to be stirred and you want to be spurred, one, one translation even says motivated toward love and good works, toward one another, then you don't want to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That's the NIV. The King James says, not giving up, coming together. Friends, I want you to think about this. Today, too many people have given up on meeting together and have made it a habit of not doing that, who call themselves Christians. 
Now listen, encouraging one another all today for you can see the day approaching. Now I want to talk to you. We you know worshiping God, that's for God. But I want to show you what coming to church does for you. Now we're here mainly for God. We didn't create God, God created us. And we are here for Him. And we should come today to worship Him, to praise Him, to give glory to His name. But I don't know about y'all, but God gave us a book, a Bible, an instruction manual. And I don't know about y'all, but I need instruction. Amen? I find myself sometimes not being where I need to be, not doing what I need to do. And guys, the, the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It came straight from God, breathed by God. And it is profitable for doctrine. That's for our teaching, what we teach and what we believe. And look at what it says. For reproof. Reproof is what exposes us. It's what reveals who we are. For correction. That's what corrects us when what exposed is wrong. And for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now I want you to think about this. God understood that we need instruction. Do you think it's an accident that God gave us six days to go and do what we need to do and what we want to do? But he gave us one day to come to do what we really need is to be with him, to hear from him, to be instructed by him. And friends, I want you to think about this. Even the king, the leader over God's people needs to be instructed. This comes from Psalms. And it says, now therefore be wise, O kings, plural, all kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Those who God says he gives authority to, to judge, to be in authority over the earth, to be kings. He says, be instructed. Where do those kings get instructions? Well, when you read the history of Israel's kings, you have the bad kings, you have the good kings. Some of the kings, it says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. But some of the kings, it says they did right in the sight of the Lord. And I want you to look at this. It said, Joash, one of those good kings, did what was right in the sight of the Lord. All the days in which Jehodah, the priest, instructed him. Where did he get his instruction? He got his instruction from the priest, the man of God that God had provided to instruct him in the law and the teachings of his word. And he instructed Joash. And because of that, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. If the king needs to be instructed to rightly be able to judge and to rightly be able to rule, don't you think stuff, one like us, needs to be under the instruction of the Lord? I don't know about y'all, but it blesses me today that we have a president who's not afraid to identify himself and associate with evangelical and Bible-believing men who preach and pastor churches. He has them in his office. He has a, a spiritual team to advise him. He ain't ashamed to say, pray for me. And he ain't ashamed to say, in God we trust. And he ain't perfect, but he's willing, it looks like, to at least have influence and instruction come from the people of the church because there's all kind of men who I know are godly men who pastor awesome big places where God's church is flourishing and standing on the rightness of his word and they are there ministering to him. Friends, I want you to look at this. 
Isaiah said, for the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people saying, and then he went on and gave me more instruction. Guys, I don't know if you realize this, but if you just wander out there for six days among the people and you never have time to come amongst God's people and you're not getting instruction anywhere but from them and you're not being instructed by him on how he wants his people, odds are you're not going to find yourself going the right way. And guys, I know you work, you go to school, you got responsibilities to be a good citizen, to go and earn a living where you can pay taxes and contribute to the society and help us all to have a better life. You're busy. But God gave you one day where you don't have to be busy, where you can come and you can sit and you can listen and you can hear from His Word by His man that He has provided. Boy, that's what that noise was. <laughs> the devil's been after us all week, ain't he, Justice? I thought he was getting me sick a while ago, but I'm better now. But I want you to listen to this to me here. This morning, I'm very aware that we have bright, well-educated people in our pews this morning, which make up the congregation here that makes up Bethany Baptist Church. And I understand there's a lot of you that know a lot of things. I was sharing with them <laughs> that if I wanted to get in the cow business, I would go and get instruction from People like Dennis and Bart that have cows and fool with cows. I don't know. If I need something fixed, I go find Jonathan and Richard. They can fix anything. They know how to tear up what I break. If I wanted to find out a different number of things, I'd come to y'all if I want to fool with concrete. I'm going to call Trey because that's y'all's specialty. Just like a lawyer, it wouldn't take much of a lawyer to be able to instruct me in the law because I don't know a hoot about the law. I don't know much about the law of the land or America's law. Or, but listen to this. A lawyer who has studied the law, who has passed a bar exam, so he has the ability to practice the law, he knows all about the law because his specialty is the law. But I want you to think about this. I don't think I'm being prideful or boasting when I say to you people this morning that you need to come and be instructed by God's minister. Because he's given me all week to do nothing but study the word to sit with Him, spend time with Him, to get a word that I've been begging is specifically for you, this church. And friends, listen, I know you're busy. You're doing what He specifically called you to do. But God sent you here today so that you can come and hear instruction. Listen, when it comes to true religion, that's the minister's specialty. When it comes to living a life that honors God, that's what we're here to help you understand how to do. It is my business to study the Bible and the hearts of God's people and learn by His wisdom and His Spirit in me how to relate and minister to you. Think about this. I'd be a pretty poor preacher if I never ever spoke from the Word of God and exposed you to new truths that you had never heard before from that book. I hope when you come here, you hear things that Brother Marvin's found that you ain't never found. That you learn no truths that you wasn't aware of. And I hope sometimes it instructs you. It reproofs you. It exposes you for who you are. And then it corrects you. And I hope it instructs you into the paths of righteousness because that's my job. Amen. And that's what every church has a man that has been called to do that. 
He gave us just Jonathan and all of this group to lead us in worship. I promise you, you don't want me to sing. Amen. We leave that to the specialists. And guys, God loves you that much. Friends, listen, the negative part is if someone is so busy, they can't come to church. I can promise you they're too busy that they're really in the word of God. If they can't even find time to take one day to come to church and be fed from the word of God, they surely ain't going to learn to take time on their own to go find out what God wants to tell them. So God gave you a day, a place, and a person to help instruct you. But guys, that's not all he does. I don't know if you figured this out yet, but sometimes I get tired. I need help. I get wore out. How about you? You ever get beat down? I don't know about you, but many of the time when I get to church, I don't feel like preaching. When I say many of the time, it ain't many, but it is more than I wish. And I'll come and I'll be thinking, Lord, I hope something helps me. And guys, listen to this. The church is here to help one another. There's comfort. There's some of the things that God does to edify you, to build you up, that can only happen at church. Not hearing from church. There's things that happens here that only happens because you came this morning. I don't know how many times I've showed up and someone come up to me and say, Brother Marvin, I love you and hug me and just give me a big old hug in Jesus' name. And I say, man, I got, I got to tighten up. Or they come do something and just say something about what God's been doing in their life. And it, it fires me up. It comforts me. It reminds me. I want you to think of what you came to hear today. You see, look what he says in that verse. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. What does that mean to prophesy? It doesn't mean to predict the future. It means to come with a prophetic word from God that is able to bless you, to minister to you. And guys, in that day, prophecies was coming from the Old Testament influence on that man of God's life. And he was taking that and he was preaching and giving prophetic word from God to instruct them. And listen to what he says. When a preacher digs, I don't know about y'all, but he takes the Bible. He don't just read the Bible and say, that's what it says. God gives him a message. He gives him a theme. He gives him a word from God that is seasonal, that is personal, that is right on time and relevant to get in our business. Amen. That's what God loves us to have happen to us. And friends, I want you to think about this. How many times have you come to work, to church and you was beat down and God spoke something from his word that edified you and built you back up? It's amazing to me what God does. Look at this next verse. He says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. You know what? A good church filled with good people that love the Lord when you come. It's amazing how they all together work to come together doing the things that better edify, comfort each other. And friends, I don't know about y'all, but there is no better place on earth to find the comfort of God than the church of God. Amen. And friends, think about this. Think about it. He says, now we exhort you, brethren, that's us, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint heart, uphold the weak, be patient with all. How many of y'all has come to church before and you was one of those weak that needed to be upheld. How many of you have come to church before faint-hearted, ready to give up, struggling? But God comforted you through his people and by his word. Friends, I don't know about you, but it's more times than we probably want to admit. 
He also says for us to warn the unruly. Friends, but most of all, he says to be patient with all. I thank God y'all are patient. I ain't the most easy pastor to put up with, but y'all ain't the most easy people. Some of y'all to pastor, amen? So it all works out good in the end, praise God. Because putting up with one another is what helps you to love one another. It what teaches you how to be like Jesus. It's easy to say, yeah, I'm like Jesus when you just sit home, watch it on TV. Come down here with us, put up with us. And you'll have to put tests to your faith, amen? That's why God said, come together. And so we're comfortable. I want you to think about this. The church service is a time and a place where the soul can be find rest from the drudgery and the difficulties of everyday life. You've had to all week do what you have to do to survive. Some of you work and you don't like your job. Some of you've got a job and you've got a hard person to live with that you've got to go work with every day. Or you've got a pressures and responsibilities. Today, you can let go of that and you can enter into here. What is this place? In here, we find sanctuary from the world and its problems. That's why we call this a sanctuary. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but when I, I step in here on Sunday, I do everything possible to forget about everything else all week and just think about what God wants to happen in here. God, I come to worship you. I come to hear from you. I come, Lord, to be comforted and built up and strengthened by you. Lord, I come in need of you. And Lord, I expect today that you're going to help me. Amen. I come looking, expecting. And God never lets me down very often. Hey, he don't let you down. He just may not do what you want. He may do what you need. But listen to this. There is no better place in the world to get uplifted from burdens that have weighted you down than a good old-fashioned church service. Amen? Friends, I don't know what it is, but it's different when it's live. It's different when you're here in person. Friends, when we was going through the COVID and we had to stay home, man, I'm going to tell you, it was convenient sit in my pajamas Drinking my coffee, watching a church service, and listening to some better preaching than me. <laughs> but it didn't satisfy me for long. That wasn't enough. I had to have this. How about y'all? I hate to tell some of our leaders, but church is essential for a real Christian. Amen. Church is needful. Church is something that we have to have because it meets our expectations to help us when we're in need. I want you to think about this. If you are sick, and I didn't go to go there wet. If you're sick and tired spiritually, I want to welcome you this morning to God's hospital. Amen. He can comfort you. He can help you. He can build you up. But this is one thing that I find that if you're out there trying to serve the Lord, if you're out there trying to do what it takes to be on the field, I don't know if you figured this out yet, but Christians run out of gas. <laughs> Our batteries can go dead. Spiritually, we can become weak. And so I don't know about y'all. I thank God because many a time I go to Sunday to be recharged, to be refueled. Because I've been on the front lines in the battle all week. I've been fighting the devil and messing with people who don't love God or don't love God's people. And a lot of times it's just the stress of life itself. Y'all know what I'm talking about there. But when I come here, I come believing that I'm going to get recharged. I'm going to get refueled. I want you to think about this with me here. Some of us this morning have run out of gas, if you'd be honest. You need to have your batteries charged. Let me show you how you can tell. If you ain't been praying, if you ain't been in the Word, if you ain't been telling people about Jesus, if, you just, if you've been off doing stuff you ain't supposed to do, if there's no burden for the lost, you need to get filled up this morning. Can I get an amen? 
And friends, I'm going to tell you what, God's able to fill our tank. I want you to think about this with me. Morally and religiously, we're like an engine. We need fuel to keep us powered up. We're like batteries with just enough energy stored up to do a certain amount of work for a certain amount of time. And then you've got to go to the source of your power and get recharged. Now, I want you to think about this with me. To operate and run correctly, we need to be refueled and we need to be recharged on a regular basis. If you're not doing anything to charge your spiritual needs, to refuel your spiritual appetite, you're going to get weak real quick. And I'm going to tell you, you got to do it at home. But oh, even when all you do at home doesn't take the place of what God does when you come here. Church, good church, real church. That's doing it God's way. When you come, when you leave, you leave different than you came. Can I get an amen? You leave encouraged. You leave comforted. You leave filled and refueled. I want you to think about this. If we remain disconnected from Jesus, we run out of power and we need to be spiritually refueled. We must stay connected with Jesus, our source of power. And I want you to think about this. May I tell you this morning that the church is not your source of power. Jesus is. But may I also tell you that the church on the Lord's day is the primary place where we recharge and refuel with the power of Jesus. I want you to think about this. The church on the Lord's day is the place where we recharge and we refuel with the power of Jesus in our life. I don't know about y'all, but there's been a lot of times where I came in one way and left another. Today, I don't know what you came for. I said, Jesus, fill me up. Charge me up, Lord. God, I want to charge others too. I want to fill somebody up today. I want you to think about this. Welcome this morning to the Lord's gas station. Amen. If you've been a little empty, just say, fill her up, Lord. (laughs) If you've been like, say, hook me up to the Holy Ghost Baptist charger, God. And man, I know this is redneck terminology, but you know what I'm talking about. God will make you have a different attitude before you came in here he'll give you another step he'll give you something you don't have that don't come naturally he'll fill you up with jesus and when you got jesus in your tank that's better than a tiger in your tank amen (laughs) i don't know about y'all but many the time i've run out of gas many the time i didn't think i was gonna make it but i came to church and because of y'all and because of what god does in y'all and through y'all he charged me and filled me up and I got up here and I was ready to go. Hey, man, can I get it? We, God works through us, the church. Now, we look at this and we think about this. And I want you to think about this. Yes, God does a lot of things for us at the church. But guys, I want you to think about this. Why does he instruct us? Why does he comfort us and build us up and edify us? Why does he fill us with spiritual power so that we can come and help maintain the church? Listen to this. Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. It blows my mind that Jesus left his home, paradise, heaven, and came to our home to live with us, to die for us, to show us God. And then he left and went back to return to his glory. Jesus left his glory and came here for us. Some of us won't even leave home to come to his church. Do you think that blesses the Lord? Now, I'm here to tell you, I don't apologize. I think church is a healthy necessity 
in a Christian's life who wants to be filled and full with all what God wants to do in his life. If you leave church out, it's going to affect you in a negative way. And if we don't have enough Christians to keep the church going, it's going to affect our community in a negative way. It's going to affect our cities in a negative way. It eventually, as we're finding out, affects our country in a negative way. I want you to think about this with me here this morning for a little while. As I find my place, I got too many notes this morning, Lord. We live in a day, a time, when coming to church in person is considered by many Christians as non-essential to the continued presence of Christianity in our land. Now I want to ask you something. Can Christianity exist and can it grow and flourish without a church? Jesus chose to use the church. He gave his commission to the church to go into every nation and make disciples in his name, baptizing them, bringing them into the church, teaching them. All the things that he's taught unto us, and lo, I will be with you until the end. He ain't come back. He ain't raptured us out. He still wants the church to be here representing him, doing his business. And I want you to think about this with me. I want to remind us today, the church cannot exist without people who personally come to the church and attend it. It's kind of like what's going on with some of our other gods. NFL, NBA. Major League Baseball. They find it out it ain't the same when you ain't got nobody in them stadiums. When them coliseums ain't full, it ain't quite as fun to do what they're doing. What blows my mind, some of them in the NBA decided to boycott their fifth game. Who are they boycotting themselves from? Because I hate to tell them the NBA doesn't exist because of them. The NBA exists and is here and what it is because of them that come in them stadiums and support them. If you take the fans out of the NFL and let them play in empty stadiums, those games are nothing but glorified scrimmages. It's the atmosphere that's created from people who gather together. That same thing comes into the church. Without people, there ain't going to be no NFL. Without people that go to them games, there ain't going to be no NBA. And it ain't the same. Church is the same way. If there ain't people gathering to maintain it, to come, it'll eventually not exist. I want you to think about this. The spiritual foundation upon which our country rests upon today what made America a Christian nation is the foundations which was put in place by the influence of the faithful church of yesterday. Some of you know what I'm talking about. There was a time not too many generations ago when going to church was the normal thing to do. It was the expected thing to do. That's what most people did. And if you don't believe me, look around America. Take a little country drive through our rural America. There's church buildings everywhere. You can't go nowhere. No matter how country it gets, no matter how rural, there's churches that were everywhere that one time was filled with people. Today, where are they at? They're not in a lot of them churches. When the churches were filled with the people of God, America was influenced and filled with the glory of God. 
The church cannot be removed and Christ still be Lord of America. They come together. When I first got saved, an old black preacher said this. I never forgot it. He said, if the church ain't your mama, it's a good chance the Lord ain't your daddy. It's like a father and a mother. And I don't know about you to be a healthy family. You've got to have both. You need the Lord as your daddy. You need the church as your mama. They come together to nurture you, to raise you, to lead you, and make you into the person God saved you and created you to be. And I don't know about you. I'm thankful for the church. I love the church. I don't come to church no more because I think I have to. I come to church because I want to, because I know I need the church. And also, I've got to the point where I realize as humbly as I can, the church needs us. And friends, the spiritual foundation upon which our country rests upon today is the foundation which was put in place by the influence of yesterday's faithful church. Thank God for them. I want you to think about this. Imagine an America without the church. Do you think America would be what it is if the church was never here? If all those churches everywhere where families went and where people was raised under the influence of godliness and the, the ministry of the body of Christ was taken away, America would not be what America is today. But I want you to think about this. What would be the result if we were to remove the church and her influence from the land today? You think it's bad now? Take away the church. You see, Jesus said this, not me. We are the salt of the earth, the preservative, the flavor, the influencer for godliness. We are the light of the world, the church. And he sets us up on a hill so that men can come and see our good works and glorify his name. Friends, I want you to think about this. The church will cease to exist without people who attend and help to maintain it. Thank God today that we had people in two services. Thank God today that this church is seeing people come back and we're seeing the church grow. And we're seeing people gather in. And we're able to give in ministry again. But friends, there's churches all over our land where they can't get enough people there to keep the church going and maintained. And there's people today who have settled for church on TV. I'm thankful we got, a, we got it on YouTube. We've got it on um, Facebook. We're making a video as I speak, but it ain't here for a replacement. It's here as an outreach to hunger you and make you get hungry and thirsty for the things of God that he does only at his church, in his church, on his day in the presence of his people who love him enough to gather in his name to do what? Every Christian ought to go to church and help maintain it. You know why? Because of the godly influence it has on society, on the culture, on our communities, and ultimately on our country. You fill this country again with healthy, vibrant churches filled with people who are being instructed, who are being comforted, edified, and built up, who leave recharged and refilled, who have a heart to maintain and do the work of God. I want to tell you what will happen. America will get changed. Amen? Things will get going for God again. I want you to think about this. I want to encourage you. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's do it together. Oh, let us exalt his name together. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but we need to be the ones to do like David. David said this. He said, and I'm going to finish where we started. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's what people need to see us doing. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make 
him. It's boast the Lord. Friends, he says when we do that, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. And then he says, oh, and then we can come together and magnify the Lord with me, David said. I don't know about y'all, but I want to ask everybody who hears about what God is doing in our life. Those of you on the video, we want to ask you to come down here and magnify the Lord with us. We want to ask you to come and exalt his name together. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but I thank God that he does a lot of things in my life through my private, personal worship and relationship. But I want to tell you, there's a lot of things he does that he can't do except here. When I gather together in public with you, his people. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but I thank God for the church. Can I get an amen? And I want to encourage us to not give up on her. Because God ain't through with her. Like I said, if he was through with her, he'd have raptured her and called us back home. But we're still here. He's still saving souls. He's still changing lives. He's still doing the work of ministry. Where at? Through the church. Praise the Lord for God's church. We got to get her going again, boys and girls, for his glory. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to close in prayer. And the first thing is to be part of the church is you need to be saved. It starts with Jesus, it ends with Jesus, and everything is about Jesus all in between. If you've never, ever been saved by his grace, if you're still in sin, if you still know you've never confessed and admitted that I am a sinner in need of God's forgiving grace and ask Jesus personally to forgive you and save you, you can do that today. And you can become a Christian. Once you become a Christian, you're a member of the true church, and you're in the family. And Jesus is going to go to work in your life. And he's going to go to doing things that only he can do. He's going to do some of it through the church. He's going to do most of it through personal relationship in him. But I'm here to tell you, church without Jesus is just religion. It won't do anything. But church with Jesus is an unbelievable blessing in our life. So today I hope that if you need to come, maybe he's wanting you to join this church. Maybe he's wanting you to commit to do some ministry here. Maybe he's just wanting to come. We had a lady rededicated her life, recommitted herself to the Lord and joined the church last service. Praise the Lord. But find a church somewhere where God is at and become part of that and let God use you. Amen. For his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for America for the church that is within her lands, that you would send revival, Lord, that you would stir and that you would recharge and refill America, build it back up through the church. Lord, today as we come, we believe in all things. And Jesus said this, Lord, upon who he is, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You said, Jesus, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We claim that promise today and we stand with you, Lord, asking you to be able to use us and help us. Let us magnify your name together, Lord, today and exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need to come, come today. The Lord loves you.